Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. Let me ask you a question. How many of you love secrets? How many of you don't like secrets? How many of you don't like secrets kept from you? I can keep a secret. Like if you ever shared something confidential with me, I'll go to the grave with it. But I, I don't like someone keeping a secret from me, like a birthday party or something like that. It drives me crazy. And when I was a kid, I always wanted to know what I was getting for Christmas before Christmas. And my mom used to shop for Christmas gifts and wrap them before Thanksgiving. And she would hide them somewhere in the house. So I had six brothers. And one of my brothers was like me, my brother Michael. And uh, he pastors in Canton. And Mike and I are two years apart. And uh, we would go through the house, find the presents, and then we would open them to see what we were getting. And uh, sometimes we'd play with them if mom wasn't around. And uh, I had five other brothers, and Mike and I would ask them, hey, you want to know what you're getting for Christmas? And every single one of them would tell us no. We're like, are you crazy? They said, we want to get it on Christmas. We want to be surprised Christmas Day. And I'm like, but you could be surprised today. And that's (laughs) similar to being surprised at Christmas. They all said no. Well, mom found out what we were doing. So one year, without us knowing it, she, she bought the gifts and she hid them in our neighbor's basement. And Mike and I are looking. We, we're thinking, there's nowhere else to hide these things. Maybe she didn't buy any. And so my mom came up to us one day and she said, have you found those presents yet? And we said, no. And she, she said, I hid them in Bill's basement. And we're like, oh, mom, how could you do that? She said, you'll never see them until Christmas Day. Well, Mike and I, when mom walked away, we thought we could get in Bill's basement. And uh, that's possible. So uh, one day, Bill's outside in the backyard. It's it's like early December. There's still some leaves. No snow had fallen. He's doing some work in his backyard. So his garage door is open. Mike and I snuck into the garage. And his wife had some eye problems, so we figured she won't won't see us. And uh, (coughs) we snuck in, went down into the basement. We found the gifts. We opened them, took some scotch tape in case we needed it. We played with our gifts, but then Bill walked in, and we're like, we hid in a corner, and thankfully he never came downstairs, went back out, and we were able to sneak out and get back to our house. How many of you are glad you weren't our neighbors growing up? (laughs) I did all that because I I had to find out I don't like secrets, and it's been that way my entire life. All my kids and my wife, they they don't want to open a gift until the day of. I'd like to know ahead of time. And I want to welcome you to a new series. It's all about secrets. It's called Secrets. And I I love the tagline, you don't have to live in the dark. And we're going to have an incredible time in this series as we take a a different look at things that are secrets. And I titled today's message, Secret Perspective, because from God's perspective, there are no secrets. And that's not a negative, that's a positive. There's just no secrets with God. And we're going to find that out today. As a matter of fact, here's what I want you to walk out remembering today. God created, controls, and knows everything. And that's exciting. Sometimes we hear that we're a little bit nervous. God knows everything. Yeah. God created everything. Yeah. God controls everything. Yeah. But here's the good news. For those of you that have been around like me for a long time, I've been a Christian for a long time now, this message is designed to cause you and I to grow in our awe of God, in in, in our understanding of how great and awesome He is. We already understand that. We believe this already. 
But I'm hoping and believing and praying that God's going to open our eyes up further. That's what he did for me as I prepared the notes. For some of you, you're younger Christians, you're going to eat this up. You're going to have a blast. And then there's some of you, you're checking God out, and that's cool. You're checking our church out, and that's cool. And some of you may believe in God. Some of you may not believe in God. And we're just so excited you're here. Here's one of the things we believe here at Believers. We believe the Bible is God speaking to man. So you'll see me read quite a few scriptures. You'll see some folks next to you on their phones, and they're going to look at the scriptures on their phones. And uh, we really believe the Bible is God speaking to us. And I'm excited every time I read it. You know, the Bible says about itself that it's living, it's alive. And I'm expecting God to do some incredible things in your life just because you're sitting here today. I'm expecting him to explode in understanding on the inside of each and every one of us. So we're going to talk about the fact that God created, controls, and understands everything. And I want to open up with a scripture. I think it's a pretty cool scripture. It's 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 16. And it says this, He alone can never die, and he lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach him. No human eye has ever seen him, nor ever will, all honor and power to him forever. Amen. Now, I love both parts that I highlighted. First part is, God can never die. He's everlasting. He's eternal. God just doesn't die. I hope that wasn't my phone. No, okay. <laughs> I, heard, I heard a phone or something, and I'm think, then I saw mine blinking. I said, oh, no. I just received a text. Sorry about that. Okay. I love the part that says can, uh, can never die, but here's what's so cool for you and I. You and I, brothers and sisters, when we accepted Christ, he put eternity inside of us. He gave us the gift of eternal life. And even though our bodies might die, the real us will never die. And God's made a promise that he'll put our bodies back together and give us a new one that lasts forever. And that's all because you and I are connected with God. And I love what it says about how bright his throne room is. His throne room is so bright. It's so magnificent. You know, oftentimes in the Bible, we call it the glory of God. His greatness is so big that you and I, if we were to look at him with these eyes, our eyes would burn out of our sockets. And it wouldn't be because God's punishing us. It would be just because God's that incredible. And when you accepted Christ, that prepared you to be able to someday see God. You'll need a new body to see him. You'll have to see him out of your body in your spirit but he's absolutely amazing. And we're going to have an incredible time today talking about his greatness. L listen to this incredible scripture, Hebrews 4.13. He knows about everyone, everywhere. Everything about us is bare and wide open to the all-seeing eyes of the living God. Nothing can be hidden from him to whom we must explain all that we have done. So if you're a Christian, there's coming a day where God will look at you and say, hey, what did you do with your gifts, your ability? And that's what we call the reward day. That's not what I want to emphasize here. I want to emphasize a couple things. One is he knows everyone everywhere. Isn't that pretty cool? Do you know the Bible teaches that if you're a Christian, you're the apple of God's eye, that he thinks about you all day long, that he literally thinks about you. Now, Gina and I, we, we spent a week with our grandchildren, and uh, we, Aaron, their mommy, and Joe, our son, they allowed us to take them to Chicago. We went to Chicago to visit Gina's father and sister. So we had our, 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 our little ones, and we had a blast with them in Chicago.
But we brought them home, and we were physically tired, you know, because uh, we're not young anymore, not real young. And so we were physically tired, but do you know we thought about them every moment? When we just, her and I just keep talking about all the things that happened. You know, remember when they said this, they did that, we did this. And when I think about my grandkids, and I think about when my kids were that age, that's how God's talking about you in heaven. And he absolutely adores you. And some of you walked in here today not realizing how much God loves you, but God loves you that much. And sometimes when we read a scripture like this, we take it in the negative, but man, God's thinking about you all the time in the positive. And when you and I mess up, God's thinking about if they only knew how incredible I made them, if they only understood how righteous and holy I made them. And I love the fact that nothing can be hidden from him. You know, we can think about our lives, how there's things we do and we think they're a secret. And this really freed me up early in my Christianity when I realized I can't hide anything from God, so I might as well be honest. He already knows where I'm messing up. So I have a real authentic relationship with God. And I, I say, God, you know, I blow it all the time in this area, so I need some help. I need you to help me. And there's no condemnation because I realize he already knows anyway, so, so why hide it? But you know what else he knows? He knows what the enemy's plotting against you. And he'd love to help you see some things so you can miss the potholes in the road before you ever get to the road. And as we talk about how God created, God controls, and God knows everything, I want you to look at it from that positive perspective because it's absolutely amazing. So I want to talk a little bit about the fact how God created everything. And I don't want to get into, you know, heavy debates, but I do want to say to you, I love science. I love science. I listen to a lot of lectures and a lot of science lectures, and I absolutely love it. I'm aware of what's taught in high schools and what's taught in colleges and fully aware of what this world we live in believes. And what I've discovered is the more science discovers, the more it proves the Bible. And I'll, I'll never forget, it was 1992, and um, I used to watch Nightline all the time. How many remember Nightline with Ted Koppel? And that's before 24-hour cable news. And, and so that was the only news we could find that was after the news. And it covered all kinds of important subjects. And he had one show in 1999 where he had two Nobel Prize winners. They were Jewish scientists. And these two Jewish scientists won the Nobel Prize because they figured out that the universe started from a microscopic point in time. And it, 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 was a, it was a breakthrough understanding and revelation. And we call that the Big Bang Theory. And it's, it's not referring to the TV show, which is a really funny show. But let, let, me, let me read what the Big Bang Theory is referring to. It says, the Big Bang concept alleges all of the matter in the known universe was tightly packed into a microscopic cosmic egg. One writer expresses it this way, astonishingly, uh, scientists now calculate that everything in the vast universe grew out of a region many billion, billions of times smaller than a single proton, one of the atom's basic particles. This is amazing. They're saying that, and think of a proton, part of an atom, you, you need a super, super microscope to see an atom, and think about a part that circles in that atom, the proton, billions of times smaller, these scientists, these two Jewish scientists, they proved that the universe started from a microscopic speck. It was a huge deal. And I'll never forget, Ted Koppel's introducing him. You know, you know what he did? He, he read Genesis 1 
1 and 2, and here it is. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And one of the Jewish scientists, after he quoted that, he said, and verse 3 declares, and God said, let there be light. And this Jewish scientist begins to talk, and he said, hey, we proved this scientifically. Here's what we can't prove. We don't know what's behind the microscopic speck, but we know something was behind it. And we can't prove it was God, but we believe it was God. And they said, from nothing, the whole universe came into existence. And, you know, some people might think there was an explosion, but uh, we used to have these M80s when I was a kid, and uh, they were like 10 firecrackers in one, you know, and I put some in apples and lit them and threw the apples. And I never had anything created from that explosion. I just had chaos, you know, an apple everywhere. And, uh, but this makes sense. And these scientists were opening it up and it was like absolutely amazing. And then I think about what's said in Hebrews 11, verse 3. It says, by faith, by believing God, we know that the world and the stars, in fact, all things were made at God's command, which means God spoke, and that they were all made from things that can't be seen. This is amazing to me. And I think about it, how an unseen God, God lives in a realm called the spirit realm. He decided one day to create this realm, and he created time when he created the universe. And we'll talk a little bit about it as we go on. But the universe is like a big master beautiful clock that's circling, circling and it has time and timing just like the earth rotates around the sun. And God, who can't be seen one day, spoke and said, let there be light. And it's amazing because God is light, you know. And he just declared, let there be light. And then he created stars and he created planets and he created the universe. And we don't know how much time was in between one day and another day, but here's what I love. The unseen God spoke, and science is now seeing, yeah, saying, yeah, it's so small, you can't see it with your eyes, and yeah, yeah, there's a possibility that it just came out of the mouth of God. We can't prove it, but I'm telling you, here's what I want you to walk out understanding. If you believe the Bible, and God wrote to us to tell us in the Bible how things started, it brings my awe level of God up to this incredible level. And I think almost everybody in this nation, a big majority, I should say, we all believe somebody's behind this. They may not believe in Jesus or God like we do, but someone had to plan this thing. And it's amazing when you study the Bible and you begin to see what God has done. Listen to how big God is. This is a cool scripture. It's Isaiah 40 and verse 22, and it reads this way. He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy, and spreads them out like a tent to live in. Now, when we were kids, my mom and dad bought us a six-man tent. There were seven of us, so one of us had to sleep outside on the grass. But um, we used to put this tent up in our backyard, and uh, it was so easy to put up, just easy to put up, and then we'd sleep out in the backyard. And I think about the comparison here, and I think about God says as easy as it is for us to put a tent together, that's how easy it was for him to stretch the heavens out and throw all the stars out there. How big is God? I don't know about you guys, but I love superheroes. And I, I, I love uh, uh, the Avengers series. 
My favorite is Hulk, the Hulk. I, I love the Hulk, but I also like Thor. And, and then I like Iron Man because I could be Iron Man. All I need is a suit. You know, you don't have to be super tough. You just need a big, nice suit. And uh, I love superheroes, but I, I want to make sure you understand God's way more than a superhero. We live in a superhero culture, and, and that's a lot of fun, and sci-fi's fun. But God's way beyond that. God made the universe. He spoke and the stars were created. He spread it all out. And I like what this, this next verse says, Psalm 147, 4. He counts the stars and calls them by name. How great is he? His power is absolute. His understanding is unlimited. And when the Bible starts to tell you about God, it's amazing. So think about the fact he can count every star. And we're going to take a look at a video in a moment and see how mind-blowing that is. And think about the fact that he gave every one of them a name. That's absolutely amazing. And I want you to think about this. You're here today. All of us are in a different spiritual walk. Wherever you came from, wherever that walk is at, the creator of the universe loves you, cares about you, wants to reach down, and he wants to help you through any of the problems that you're dealing with today. He wants to give you hope. He wants to give you uh, this, this incredible future. That's the God who we serve. So I want you to just allow him to become bigger in your life. Let's check this video out together. On a clear night away from city lights, the sky is full of stars, more than we could possibly dream of counting, right? Well, if there were a grain of sand for every star that we could see with the naked eye, 9,096. That's it, every star bright enough to be seen from Earth without the aid of a telescope. Antares is one, plus one to be exact, on the astronomic scale of brightness. The sun checks in at minus 27, the full moon minus 13. Even at the darkest places on Earth, like Chile's Atacama Desert, our eyes can only detect objects magnitude 6.5 or brighter. But with bigger eyes, we can see a lot more. This is the Andromeda Galaxy, the nearest major galaxy to the Milky Way. And it's full of stars. is surrounded by 360 degrees of space in every direction. Take an arc of one degree and divide it into 60, and that's an arc minute. This one and a half billion pixel image from the Hubble telescope covers about a thousand square arc minutes and contains more than a hundred million stars. Let's put that into perspective. If it was brighter, this is what Andromeda would look like next to our moon. But we don't have to look at an area of sky that big to find a hundred million stars. Let's take a closer look at this little piece of sky. The Hubble telescope was aimed at this sliver of sky, its shutter opened for two million seconds, and from a seemingly empty corner of space emerged not stars, but thousands of galaxies. Some of these are as old as 13.2 billion years, photons emitted near the beginning of the universe itself. 
The faintest objects in this image are 10 billion times dimmer than we can see with our own eyes. To cover the entire sky, it would take 30 million squares the size of this Hubble Extreme Deep Field. Scientists estimate that the observable universe contains about 200 billion galaxies. If, instead of stars, we made every grain of sand a galaxy, it would fill 27 cubic meters. So, how many stars are there? Maybe one septillion. That's a number that's so big that it doesn't make sense. But one thing we can be sure of, there's not enough beaches on Earth to hold them all. Carl Sagan said that Earth is the shore of the cosmic ocean. So remember, each night when we look up at a sky seemingly filled with stars, we're only dragging a finger through the sand. Isn't the universe amazing? And to think that God just spoke. There's a cool book, some of you may want to read it, it's called Spectrum. David Planter uh, wrote this book and he quotes a study done by the University of Hawaii and they wanted to figure out what is there more of? Are there more grains of sand on the earth or stars in the sky? So they did this study, they guesstimated obviously, but they took a square inch and they counted how many uh, grains of sand they could get in a square inch and then they estimated with all the deserts and all the beaches how many square inches of sand there is and they came up with a number. Then they did that with a swatch in the sky and guess what? There are billions of more stars than there are grains of sand on the earth. And our God is so incredible and so big and so awesome. He spoke those things into existence. And I think about what he did. It absolutely amazes me. But here's something else that's cool. God created, God controls, and knows everything. And God lives in this place called eternity. He was here before he created what we're living in. He was here before he created the stars. And I like to say it this way, God lives above time and God lives outside of time in this place called eternity. Eternity has no time. And God has the ability to see the beginning of time and he can see the end when he's standing over here. You and I are here, but he can see all the way to the end. And we're going to look at some prophecies in a moment and it amazes me. Do you know that the first prophecy about Jesus coming to die for us was given 4,000 years before he came. How did God know that? Well, God stands above time. God sees all the way till the end. Listen to this cool scripture. Isaiah 57, verse 15. A message from the high and towering God who lives in eternity, whose name is holy. I live in the high and the holy places. Now, for all of us that accepted Jesus, the Bible says God gives us the gift of eternal life or eternity when we accept Christ. So that's inside of you. So you and I, even though our bodies will die, we get to live forever. Now God had to let some people know that he was God and they weren't God. And he said this in Isaiah 44, 6. It reads like this. God, King of Israel, your Redeemer, God of the angel armies, says, I am first, I am last, and everything in between. I'm the only God there is. Listen to verse 7. Who compares with me? Speak up. See if you measure up from the beginning, who else has always announced what's coming? So what is coming next? Anybody want to venture to try? And I'm sure nobody raised their hand because none of us know. We don't know what's happening tomorrow, let alone next year. 
And when prophets in the Bible told us, God showed them. So they just simply shared what God showed. But how did God know? Well, God created and he controls and he knows everything. And he's our father. That's pretty exciting. And it's amazing what he did. Before he created the stars and the universe, which really are like a, a huge timepiece that's ticking, listen to what 1 Peter 1 and 19 and 20 say. But he paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Verse 20, God chose him for this purpose long before the world began. That's an important phrase. But only recently was he brought into the public view in these last days as a blessing to you. That's referring to when he died on the cross and came to the earth. But listen to this phrase, long before the world began. The world beginning is when God said, let there be light, when he made the known universe. Long before that, God existed in eternity. And God the Father, that's who God's referring to here, God the Father looked at Jesus, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and he said, hey, we're going to create a universe, we're going to create a realm called the natural realm, we're going to create heavens and earth, we're going to create people, and those people are going to fail. And God sees it all because he sees the beginning. And Jesus said, you know what? I'll, I'll go and become one of them and die and give my life for them. That was all planned before one of us was even born, before one of us was created. That's how much God loves us. And when you think about all through the Bible, a thousand years before Jesus came, 700 years before he came, 2,000 years before he came, God's telling us he's going to come. There's 300 prophecies about Jesus coming in the Bible. So I want to just talk to you about eight, eight of the 300 prophecies about the Messiah. And I want to show you how impossible it is for one person to fulfill eight of 300 and just help you see it. So here's, here's just eight of them. I'm going to go through them quick. Uh, one is the place of his birth. It's talked about in Micah 5.2. The time of his birth is Daniel 9.25. His virgin birth is declared in Isaiah 7.14. His betrayal is declared in Psalm 41.9. The manner of his death is Psalm 22.16. None of his bones would be broken was Psalm 34.20. His side would be pierced with a spear, that's Zechariah 12.10. And his resurrection is talked about in Psalm 16.10. That's just eight of 300 about Jesus. Now, listen to this. These are brainiacs that figure this out, okay? Peter Stoner in Science Speaks shares this. In order to fulfill eight of the 300 prophecies about Jesus, it would be a chance of one in 10 to the 17th power. And I wrote this, how much is that? Because I'm not a mathematician. It sounds like a lot, but how much is it? And what these guys are proving is that it's absolutely impossible for Jesus or for one person on this earth to fulfill eight of them, and God had to be involved for it to happen. So take a look at these. These are silver dollars, and I want to give you an image to help you understand what it means when it says one in 10 to the 17th power. And it's, it's really incredible. So imagine if we took one silver dollar and we marked it with a red permanent marker. And then imagine if we had the ability to fill the state of Texas with silver dollars. Now, Texas fits six Ohios, so it's really, really big. And uh, imagine the state of Texas. And imagine if we could fill the entire state with silver dollars two feet deep. Two feet deep, silver dollars, the entire state of Texas. Now, if we had a mixer that could mix all the coins, we would just put one in that has a red mark on it, 
and we would mix them all together. We'd pour all those over the state, and then we would blindfold you. We'd put you on a helicopter. We'd say, what city in Texas would you like to land in? And maybe you'd say, I'll land in Dallas. We land you in Dallas, and here's, here's what 1 in 10 to the 17th power. Here, here's, here's how impossible it is, okay? We would say to you, you have one chance get out of this helicopter, you're walking on two feet of quarters, you have a chance to pull one, one silver dollar out, and that silver dollar has to be, it has to be the one that's marked with the red pen. pen. That's what it means, one in ten to the seventeenth power. Can, can you guys agree with me that we could do that all day for a couple years and never find? There's no way that one person could have fulfilled eight of these. Now, they go on to say that if you were going to fulfill 300, here's how impossible 300 is, you would do exactly what I said, but you would fill the entire uh, land mass of the world. All the continents would be filled with two feet of silver dollars, and only one of them would be marked. And then you'd have to say, well, take me to Europe, take me here, and you'd have one chance to pick out. That's how impossible it is for one. So eight is one in ten to the 17th power. Why do I share this? I just want you to see God created God controls. God knows everything. He's God. And I want you to begin to think about your life. You know what I want you to think about right now? I want you to think about that one thing that is the biggest thing in your life, that biggest negative, the biggest fear that you have. And I want you to think about how maybe that thing's been nagging you. Maybe you feel like you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. And I want you to take that thing and I want you to compare it to God and What's the obvious conclusion we come up with? It's not all that big if you put it next to God. Because God created, controls, and knows everything. Some of you are here, maybe, maybe this world's knocked your world silly. Maybe your life's been knocked apart. Maybe something's happened to where you, you just feel like, I, I've fallen and I can't get back up. I mean, you just feel like, I'm never going to overcome. I'm never going to get back up. And here's what I want to say, no matter who you are, no matter what you're dealing with, if God be for you, who can be against you? God loves you, and God's waiting to take your hand, and God's waiting to deliver you and bring you up. We're going to do a whole lesson on this, but I just want to share it briefly. Some of you are in here saying, why am I on the earth, and what do I exist for? And Do you know God knows what you exist for, and he knows why you're on the earth? And he's wanting to show you. And we're going to talk about that. He wants to give you this fulfillment. He wants to give you purpose. And the God who created controls and knows everything he knows why you were created he he knows what makes your heart beat fast he knows what your passions are and he wants to help get you to that place none of you are a mistake all of you were put here for a purpose and all of us once we accept jesus man we have the god of the universe that's on our side i don't know about you but as i prepared this lesson my awe of god just grew and grew and grew god is incredible and I want to take a moment now. Can we bow our heads? Can we pray for just a moment? Then we're going to finish with a worship song. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here today and you're not sure of your forever, your eternity, remember now the God of the universe sent Jesus, God the Son, to die for you. He died. He was buried. God raised him up from the grave. He's alive. He said, whoever calls on my name, I will save them. That's pretty, pretty cool. So right now, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen very carefully. I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a, a Christian church or another church. 
I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized as a baby, as an adult. All of those are great things. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life when you made it real with Jesus? And you said, Jesus, I believe. I believe you're the Savior and I make a decision today to follow you. That happened in my life when I was 19. And all of us here, many of us can stand up and tell when it happened in our life. You just know when it happens. You know when you believe in him. So here's what I'm asking you. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I can't remember that day, but I'm ready today. My heart's open. My heart's touched. I'm ready to pray and accept Christ. Would you pray with me right now? Everybody else, would you help them pray? And Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I repent of all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you died for me. God raised you from that grave. And I make a decision today to follow you. Thank you for saving my life. Amen. Now let's Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.